You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Who will show up for the Raiders in 2023? Who are going to be the players that have the greatest impact? We're going to give you our picks, both veteran and rookie, here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. He is Mo Moten, national NFL writer with Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com. I'm Scott Gobranson, your co-host, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at LV Goal. You can follow Mo at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, and we are here talking to you about the upcoming season. All right, Mo, I know we're trying to look at guys here and say, hey, who are the players that the Raiders either need to or we think at this point, this is pure opinion, we haven't put pads on, right? The, the, the clear notification up front here, we want to make that clear that we, we've not seen these guys on the field. We're going with our gut and what we believe here to be true. So we're going to start with that. And what we wanted to do is start with the most important side of the ball, I think, for the Raiders developing this team into a more championship-type roster, which is on the defense. Of course, they spent a lot of capital in the draft on defense, uh, and, and so we want to start there. But, Mo, I think... Before we get started, let's talk about when we say pick to click, we think these are guys that might be poised to either regain some prior success or maybe as a rookie come in and be successful. Talk to us about when you decided on your list, kind of what was your uh, what did your worldview look like when you decided to make these picks? When I made these picks, it was more of what did I see from these players at previous spots? perhaps under Josh McDaniels or what did I see from these players that on the, on the collegiate level that could translate to the NFL level and immediately help the Raiders because regardless of what people are going to say, you know, some people say you need a mixture of draft picks and free agents. You need this, you need that. I still believe that you have to build through the draft. And I think the Raiders, even though some of their picks came late, you hear some names that I, that I highlight that are not day one picks. But I think the Raiders really feel like some of these guys in, in the middle, late rounds could contribute right away. And I think it is important that they do because the Raiders weren't very active in Frazee in terms of getting high-profile players. Now, they did resign a bunch of players, and they got some role players in Frazee. But I think they're expecting some of their young rookies in the third, fourth, fifth round to contribute right away. And I'll highlight those guys today. All right, there you go. So we're going to get started. Mo, I'm going to get started uh, with the defense because I want to get your reaction because I think this is going to shock you, and I think you're going to disagree with me. 
Uh-oh. Ooh, imagine that. We'll start off that. But I, I'm starting on defense with my pick to click as a veteran, a veteran who so many Raider fans are disappointed in and we're disappointed in. And I'm going to say that one of the guys that bounce backs is Chandler Jones. That's right. The defensive end. Listen, I don't think he's going to be a 15 sack guy. I'm not saying that, but I am going to say he's going to get between eight and 10. Okay. And if you look at age, I know age is a factor. We've talked about that many times on the show, but the last five years, as you know, in full seasons, the least amount of sacks he had was his last year in Arizona before he became a Raider, which was 10 and a half. And I think that with Crosby, with Tyree Wilson, if he comes back from the injury, it'll take him a few weeks. You know, I don't expect Tyree Wilson to really heavily contribute to maybe week three or five, somewhere around there. Um, I think he is a big deal for this team. And if he can get it going, and I think he will, then suddenly you're going to let Max Crosby free up a little bit. You're going to let some of the talent you've added in the inside. And then Tyree Wilson, to spell him, he doesn't have to have a stellar rookie season, I th- even if he does. He can come in and 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 fill that spot too and learn from the veteran. It just seems to me that this is a guy, unless we've seen it before. We saw it with Corey Littleton, who just suddenly went the other way. It happens. But I think Chandler Jones coming in, if healthy, is a guy who will pick it back up. And again, I'm not saying he's going to be all pro. I'm just saying he's going to put in a solid year because his record dictates that he will. I don't actually actually I don't totally necessarily necessarily disagree with you i've said i think i've said this on the show or on twitter that for chandler jones less is going to be more for him mm-hmm. so what i mean by that is by the time tyree wilson's able to pick up and play a significant amount of snaps which to me were probably between weeks six and eight because he is coming off of a foot injury you start to see chandler jones snaps taper down a bit and that may be best for a player at his age at 33 years old that he gets fewer snaps and more designated pass rushing uh defensive snaps on the defense side of the ball where he's Picking his spots, so to speak, and I. But I do think I. Where I say he lands is I think he gets seven, six to seven sacks, simply okay. because. So we're close. I, I we're not know, that far away. We're not that far off, but simply because I don't know with with Patrick Graham's defensive scheme, it seemed like Chandler Jones is more the contained guy on the edge versus an aggressive pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on how Patrick Graham uses him, but I do think he's going to have a better season this year than he did have last year because as we remember once the Rays acquired Tiller, Jerry Tillery we saw Chandler Jones play a lot better because there was some pressure on the inside now they have Byron Young a third round rookie Jerry Tillery's back who they resigned so Chandler Jones should be able to pick up where he left off before he had that elbow injury at the end of the year the question is how much is Tyree Wilson going to play and how much is he going to cut into Chandler Jones' time on the field once he is fully healthy? That'll, that'll affect his stats. But I will say Chandler Jones feels confident in himself. He's he's now the lean, mean grilling machine out there. He's dropped some weight, and <laughs> he, he said he, he, he's, in, he's in great shape. And a lot of players say they're in great shape at this point in the offseason. But dropping weight at his age is a big deal because now he's more lean. He can probably – he has more wind. And as I said, with that help on the inside, he can have a better season in 2023 than he had last year. Yes, and I really believe when I when I chose him as my pick to click on the defense, I think he is vital, vital to the first eight games of the season. After that, I think Tyree Wilson will have his rotations. He'll increase. You'll see his time increase as he recovers from the injury and gets the speed of the game down. So I think that's what they need. They need Chandler Jones to have a really solid and great first half of the season until the rookie gets up to speed, and then you'll see probably – 
his snaps go down, which is fine. That's he knows at this at this age he's there to tutor the kid, and he can be that kind of player for them, that role player for them. Uh, but but I think that's key for him is to start off hot and to start off quick for him. All right, Mo, let's jump to your first pick to click for 2023 on the Raiders defense. On the Raiders defense, first pick to click to, for me is going to be Jacorian Bennett. A lot of people have heard me talk about Jacorian Bennett. There were some whispers out of, out of uh, Minotaur Minicamp that he's looked good. Now, I know we've talked about it on the show. They're not in pads yet. They're not running any you know complex plays yet. They were in shorts and T-shirts. But the fact that he's had some flashes early is a good sign, simply because the Raiders have not signed Marcus Peters yet, even though Vic Tafer of the Athletics said, it seems likely that they will sign them. Regardless if they sign Peters or not, they're going to need Jaquarian Bennett to step up because it looks like mm. Nate Hobbs is going to be back in the slot because there's one thing that I didn't talk about during the last show that was an interesting nugget in Vic's piece. He said that Nate Hobbs, and I'm paraphrasing, he said that Nate Hobbs wants to be in the slot and yeah. he's going to have to battle Tyler Hall for that position. So if Nate Hobbs is in the slot, someone has to play on the outside even if marcus peters is on the boundary somebody has right. to start opposite him and i think that's going to be jacorian bennett and i think having peters and bennett on the outside will probably be one of the raiders best how should i say this i don't want to say ball hawking duels because jacorian bennett hasn't proven it yet but of the cornerback duels that the raiders have had in the previous seasons i think these are the two guys that could finally rack up some turnovers because jacorian bennett did it at maryland and marcus peters has done it throughout his career. So assuming that they get Marcus Peters and Jacorian Bennett steps up, I think the Rays will finally, finally be able to force some more turnovers in their secondary. Yeah, and Jacorian Bennett's on my list too, so we killed two birds with one one stone there. But I mean, if you think about it, like you said, 24 total pass breakups at Maryland, five interceptions in his two seasons there as a Terrapin. Uh, so he's around the ball and he he makes things happen. So in the NFL, especially even with pass breakups, right, with help on the other side, uh, you can get the ball up in the air, pass it, and, and and hopefully your safety comes through for you too. But I do think, I mean, he also though Mo has that perimeter and slot versatility. So depending on the alignment. If they need him to go, now I don't. I, like I said, I think he's got the perimeter locked down. I think that's where he's going to be, no question. But in certain situations, he can also play in the slot if he has to. But in the AFC West, with the offenses they are going to face, the quarterbacks they are facing now, the three other quarterbacks, you know, just crazy. He almost has to come through for this team, right? I mean, it's not even a question of, well, gee, I hope he does. He sort of has to, and I think he's up to the task. I really do. We'll have to see later in July as we go into camp, but I think this pick-to-click is is perhaps one of the most important for the Raiders in 2023. Absolutely. The question with Jacorian Bennett is not whether he can make plays on the football, is can he keep his penalties down? Because that was the big yeah. thing for him in college, that he could be handsy down the field, but I, I feel like that's a lot of young cornerbacks Sometimes they panic or get out of position. They want to. They want to use their hands. If you've paid attention to, to training camps in, in previous seasons, you'll see a lot of cornerbacks wear gloves or mittens on their hands. It prevents them from grabbing. It teaches them not to grab on the field. Use their feet. Use their body position to cover a guy versus using their hands. I think you'll see that with Jacorian Bennett if that's a practice that the Raiders have at training camp. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. All right. So there we go. We both have Ja'Korian Bennett as a pick to click on the defense. So Mo and I uh, share that one. I've said Chandler Jones. I'm going to go to my second pick here, Mo. And I think this is another guy who has to bounce back for this Raiders team and is very important. And I think he will. And that's safety Trayvon Morig. If you look at Morig and what he said publicly, especially through minicamp and camp, is he's watched more film, which tells me that maybe last year the difference between his rookie year and his sophomore season with the Raiders was maybe a little bit of focus issues, right? But now he says he's learning more concept. He's quote-unquote learning more football. That's a good sign he's spending time. And he needs to because if you look at the PFF score from last year, dropped 17 points between year one and two in receiving yards allowed, uh, and that more than doubled year to year. So he's got to create more turnovers. We talked about Ja'Korian Bennett maybe being those guy, one of those guys who could do that because he is a ball hawk. Trayvon Moore has to get there. He was more like that, that, that initial rookie season. But when you look at his game, I think that he's poised to do that. If he's really getting his head in there, he's got the physical abilities. It seemed to me last year, Mo, that he lost focus, and a lot of times he didn't seem to be – I think in tune with what the defense and what Patrick Graham was doing, I think that changes this season. Interesting thing is, I, I believe, and anyone can correct me if I'm wrong in this, I believe he gave up four or five touchdowns last year, which yes. was surprising Huge. to me. Um, a lot of times out of position. Now, after his rookie year, we said if he can hold down to some of those footballs, he can have more interceptions. Now, after his second year, we're thinking, okay, he's got to get himself in position and get back to the basics. I'm a, I may be a little more concerned about Trayvon Merrick than you are. I, and I, I hope he bounces back and has a bounce back third year. But I just feel like there may be a fit issue with him and Patrick Graham. Mm. Now, remember, the Raiders drafted Merrick while Gus Bradley was the defensive coordinator. And Gus Bradley runs a cover three very consistently. Patrick Graham likes to run man coverage. Not that that matters as much for safety as it does a cornerback, but I think it does matter in scheme philosophy shift where he may not be the best fit under Patrick Graham as he was under Gus Bradley. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone takes over his position, maybe a Chris Smith II who they draft in the fifth round of the draft. I won't name him as a player to click, but I will say <laughs> keep your eye on him if Trayvon Merrick continues to struggle. Yeah, and and again though, they they need they need better safety play, and and you're agree. I, I I'm picking him to click. I I do have concerns as well. I think to to your point about system fit, but I like what he said about studying more football and getting to know uh, those systems better. That tells me that maybe last year he didn't do that, and then he got way behind and just could never catch up. So hopefully by doing so this year and maybe spending time with that defensive coaching staff that he's going to be able to play. All right, Mo, what's your second pick to click here for the defense? I'm going to go with Divine Diablo, big swole right in the middle ah. of that defense. He's he's probably, we talked about Ja'Korian Bennett being very important. I think he's a central key to this defense right now because to me, if you don't have the, the linebacker position, shored up then your defense is going to have problems because that's the guy that's that's relaying the calls from the coaches staff to the players on the field that's 
that's the guy who has to cover tight ends, who has to track down running backs from sideline to sideline. That linebacker position, despite what a lot of people say that it's devalued, I get it. It's very important to if you're going to revamp your defense. I've said that plenty of times. Big Swole talked about his uh, comfortability, if that's a word, in camp that he's more comfortable in Patrick Graham's scheme. His first year, he was just kind of learning the scheme. Now he's more comfortable. He understands the concepts. And we hope that he takes a big step because if he doesn't, the Raiders weren't very active in free agency with the linebacker position. They brought in Roberts Blaine, but he's a two-down linebacker who can't cover. They didn't draft a linebacker until the sixth round of the draft, and they haven't brought in a linebacker yet. So it seems like they're banking on Devon Diablo to have a big year. And if he doesn't, it's going to prove to be a big mistake that they weren't more active in free agency or the draft at the position. Yeah, that, I mean, we we rail on this show about linebackers, right? <laughs> the fact that the Raiders don't have any uh, as well, um, and so so we have your 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 two Jacorian Bennett, which we agreed on, so we we don't have to go through my third pick, Devon Diablo, and now your third pick on the defense, Mo. Third pick is going to be Byron Young, and this is a pick mm-hmm. that I was initially critical of with the Raiders. Yep. And then, again, I looked at a little more film and what he was able to do at Alabama and how he was able to clean up after Will Anderson Jr., who went third to the Houston Texans. I think if you have a pass rush on the outside, Byron Young could pop because if guys are paying attention to Chandler Jones and Max Crosby on the outside, then Byron Byron Young's going to have his opportunities to get after the quarterback. Now, he's more known as a run stuffer, but I do think he has some pass rush ability. He showed that in his last year at Alabama. Remember, he played behind some Alabama is consistently churning out NFL talent. So he wasn't able to play a lot of snaps early in his collegiate career. Got a big role in his last year at Alabama and showed that he could not only stuff the run, but rush the passer. Now, remember what Vic Tafer said in his earlier piece, I believe this was before mandatory minicamp. He said that basically Jerry Tillery has a bear hug on one of the starting roles or prominent positions at defensive tackle. Everyone else is fighting for a role. So what that tells me is that Byron Young could be the replacement for Blau Nichols, who played most of the snaps at defensive tackle last year. I think if Byron Young has a strong training camp, a strong preseason, you'll see him on on the field for about 65 to 70% of the snaps. And it's that situation on the inside. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. And Byron Young, good pick. And, and, and certainly if he does well, it bodes well for this Raiders defense is competition to me on the inside while guys will get disappointed, Bilal Young will be disappointed if he's not the number one inside defensive tackle there. But even if he's not, you're, the competition breeds better play. It breeds guys being in better shape because they're trying to get that job, right? So then when the season rolls around, the rotation you have there of guys and the depth you have there, if they're playing at the top of their game and one guy just barely beats out the other, whatever it may be. And to me, that's important for this team is to really get to a spot uh, where where they can have, if a guy goes down or if a guy needs a blow, they can come in and feel like they have a guy who's ready to do that. So I, I like to see Bilal Nichols have, and he had good he had good year last year in many places, but I'd like to see him pick it up a notch along with everybody else so that that interior that defense can not only do what they did last year, but also start to create more of a push up the middle. All right, so there you go. That is our pick-to-click three players uh, and Mo and I had one in common with Jacorian Bennett. That kid's exciting. Uh, on the defense. Now, when we come back from the break for the final segment of the show, we're going to go through the offense. Yes, there are offensive players to talk about. Uh, even though the offense is in a pretty good situation, 
There are three guys on each side of the ball that we're going to talk about. So we will conclude the show right after this break. With that, you're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Mo and Scott will be back with you right after these words. <laughs> 